Welcome to the Viva Young Adults podcast. We're the Young Adults Ministry of Viva Church, and we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're already a part of YA or a guest with us today, we hope that what's shared encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. I feel like the Lord put a word on my heart, and I felt it so strongly in worship. You can sense that uh, what the Lord was speaking to all of us here tonight in worship. And actually, you know, I, I wasn't sure, but as I waited on the Lord this afternoon, I really felt this very strongly. And the message I want to speak to you tonight is called this, the one thing holding you back. The one thing holding you back. The one thing holding you back. And uh, I want to preach to you about that. Now, if you go back in your Bibles, and this is not where we're going to be, we're going to park it in Hebrews chapter 3 tonight is where we're going to spend some time. So if you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and move over to Hebrews chapter 3. Uh, if I'm talking to young adults, probably most everybody's got the Bible on their phone. I don't know if you've seen one of these before. It's a, it's a, it's a book. It's got paper. It's, it's a book. It's really awesome. Uh, Hebrews 3 is where you can move towards, and we're going to talk about the one thing holding you back. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 is not where I'm going to preach, but I want to just make note of this, is that uh, back in the book of Joshua, when Moses is coming to the end of his life and, you know, he had been called to bring the nation of Israel to the promised land, you know, and he disobeyed at some point. He disobeyed. He struck the rock instead of speaking from the rock. And now all of a sudden he's not going into the promised land. And God calls Joshua to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. And at this point in Joshua 1, he's handing over the reins, Moses is now to Joshua, to lead the people into the promised land to lead them into their inheritance as the people of God. And so there's this whole thing going on in the Old Testament that the author of the book of Hebrews now comes and addresses in Hebrews chapter 3, talking about the promised land, talking about rest. And there's an application of that for your life, that there actually is a promised land for your life. This is not just the promised land of rest for the nation of Israel. There's actually a promised land for your life. And I think a lot of times we think of the promised land, we think, oh, yeah, it's heaven, right? Heaven, you know, like, I'll get to heaven one day. That's the promised land. No, there's actually, there's a promised land. There's a promise of God, a purpose of God for you on this side of eternity. Before you ever get to heaven, there is a purpose of God for you on planet Earth. And so while you're walking around sucking up oxygen, there is a purpose and a plan from heaven. This, that's for now. That's for now. And so... Uh, you need to be aware of that. But, you know, we look at Hebrews, we look at Joshua, and we understand that it's not just for eternity, because when they went into the promised land, they had to face some giants. They had to face some enemies. And that just indicates to us that it's not for heaven, because you're not going to face giants and enemies in heaven. And so there's something about your life that has purpose and meaning for right now here on planet earth. And you've got some enemies and you've got some battles and you've got some things going on in your life. But I'm here to bring you some good news tonight. There is one thing that will hold you back from walking into the promise of God for your life, walking into the purpose of God for your life, but it has nothing to do with the battles you're facing. Because, you know, a lot of times we look at it and we think, well, this battle's too hard. I'm not sure if I can really do this. I'm not sure if I can really serve the Lord. I'm not sure if I can really fulfill his purpose for my life. I'm not sure if I can make it. But it, it's not actually incumbent upon the battle. It's not incumbent. It's not the thing that will hinder or limit you. The one thing, I lean in a little bit because I'm going to get, this is it right here. The one thing 
that will hinder or limit you from fulfilling or walking into the purpose of God for your life is found in Hebrews 3. It's found in Hebrews 3. <laughs> that was good. Ah, yeah, I got you. Okay, that's good. Uh, Hebrews 3. Let me read this scripture, and I want to read it. Um, I have a different version on my iPad, so I want to read this one. It says this. Now, now watch this. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, we are in verse, uh, where are we? 12. Verse 12. 3, verse 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today, so none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if you are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Come on, he's talking about your inheritance. Remember when it says today, today, that's why in worship, it was so important this moment to take advantage of every moment. That when God comes and speaks and he's coming to speak to your heart, he's interested in a response right in that moment because he says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. I mentioned this this morning when I spoke here. There was a whole generation that died off, did not fulfill, uh, walk into the promised land because uh, they had, had uh, something that we're going to find out in just, I don't want to give it, I almost gave it away right there. Here it is, uh, it's verse 16. And who was it re who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? Whew. This is getting heavy, sorry. Uh, to whom God was speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest. Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? Okay, here it is right here. And this time I promise it's going to be revealed. Verse 19, so we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. There was a whole generation that didn't enter the rest, the promise, the inheritance because of their unbelief, because of their disobedience, because of their hard hearts. Now you might say, was it the giants? No, was it uh, the walls? No. Was it the land? No. Oh, it must have been because they're outnumbered. No. Must have been because of their lack of education. No. Maybe it was their gender. No. Maybe it was the color of their skin. No. Wasn't any of those things. You know what it was? It was their unbelief. It was their lack of willingness to say yes to the Lord in obedience that held them back from fulfilling the promise of God for their lives. And again, I mentioned it this morning. In 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says that, that everything that the nation of Israel went through serves as an example to you and I. And we look at them and go like, wow, they had, the, they had the presence of God and the ark, and they had the promises of God written on stone. They had miracles. They had a fire and night and cloud by day, and they had all these things going for them, yet they still didn't enter the purpose of God because of their unbelief. And they, they were limited from walking into all that God had for them. Now, on that list that I mentioned, none of those things can limit you. That's the good news. You cannot be limited by all those things. Now, culture will tell you. Culture will put a limit on you. Culture will tell you it's your education, it's your gender, it's your skin color. They'll put all these limitations on you and say, you can't achieve because of this. But that's not Bible. 
It might be political, it might be cultural, but it's not biblical. Biblical is you are a child of God. You are called of the Lord. It doesn't matter how much education, whether you're a man or a woman or the color of your skin or any of these limitations, finances, your upbringing, who's mo- who, who your mama was, who your data was, what side of the tracks you grew up on. None of that matters. None of those things can limit you from fulfilling the purpose of God. The only thing that will hold you back is your own unbelief, your own disobedience to the purpose of God in your life. And so you need to know if you're not a victim, you're not a victim. God's hand is on your life and it's on your life for good. You're not a victim. And the, the, the enemy we have isn't the enemy, it's the inner me. You know what I'm talking about? It's the inner me. That's the problem. Not the enemy. It's not principalities and powers. It's this man of, you know, paste and flour, not faith and power. It's this guy on the inside. That's the problem. That's what's holding me back. Nothing else in your life will hold you back. And you need to hear that. Nothing will limit you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And so Hebrews 4 goes, God, uh, Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 3, God's promise of entering his rest still stands to this day. Now watch this. We ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That ought to put the fear of the Lord into you right now. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. We we must tremble with fear that some of you might not experience it. Some of you might miss what God has for your life. And you might miss it because of your own unbelief your own indecision of following the Lord, your own uh, inability or your own indecision when it comes to giving your heart fully to the Lord and his purpose in your life. And that's what we're after tonight. And so Hebrews 4, for this this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. So it's been announced to you, New Testament Christians, believers in God, just as it was to the nation of Israel. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. I'm going to give you three things I want to leave with you tonight. Uh, Three things that you can do in your own heart, in your own life, ways you can. And again, understand this, it, it's going to sound a lot like this message is completely dependent on you. It's not. It's his grace. It's his mercy that comes to you and it comes to you. This is not a works message. Like if you just work hard enough, you can have salvation. It can sound like that, but I assure you it's not. His grace comes to you in a moment and you make a decision what to do with that grace. You make a decision what to do in a moment. Lord, you have my heart or you don't have my heart. I go to a young adults, there's a prophetic word that comes out and I make a decision in that moment, Lord, or am I going to pursue you or not? Am I going to give my life to you or not? You have these moments. So don't think that I'm just trying to get you to work harder, to try and earn salvation. Like if you pray more and you read your Bible more, then God will approve of you more. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Please don't hear that. His grace comes to you, meets you right where you are and invites you invites you into relationship with him, invites you into a journey with him, invites you into the journey of following God throughout your whole life, and you will never be disappointed. You will never, there might be some things in your life that are disappointing, but you will never be disappointed when you get to the end of your life and you realize, man, God is good. 
God is so good, and he's led me my whole life. And, man, I'm telling you, I've been, in, I've been in church. I'm like a church junkie. I just love church. I'm church groupie. I go to all the church things. That's why I'm 50, and I go to young adults, because I love it. I love it. Go to the youth on Wednesdays. I love it. And uh, I was a youth pastor for many years. All these things. I love it. Why? And, and I've, I've been in the church for many years, and I'll tell you this. I've not regretted one moment. I'm here now, uh, and, and the blessing of the Lord is on my life, and I'm grateful for so many things, and I don't regret the decisions we've made. But let me give you three things here. Here's the first one, and this all comes from Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. The first thing you have to do if you're going to fulfill the purpose of God in your life, you're going to enter that rest, you're going to walk into the promised land, the purpose of God, you got to keep your heart soft. Keep your heart soft. The first two words in Hebrews chapter 3 is be careful. Be careful. Be careful about the state of your own heart. Because we do have challenges. We go through things. Some of you who have gone through great pain in your life. You've gone through great suffering in your life. You've dealt with stuff in your life that, that, that I can't even, even imagine the stuff that some of you are carrying around in your heart. And it's these things that we carry, these battles we go through that we think are limiting us, but the reality is it doesn't limit us. It hardens our hearts if we don't keep our hearts soft to Jesus and his purpose in our life. If we don't keep our heart humble before the Lord, even in the middle of pain, in the, even in the middle of battles, even in the middle of struggles, even in the middle of exam week, you know, even in the middle of, it's easy to push back on the Lord. But God wants you to keep your heart soft, your heart soft. You have to be careful about your own heart. Here's what Jude, Jude chapter 1, verse 19 gives us some great advice. It says, you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Come on, you gotta, if you're going to build yourself up, you got to fill your life with the presence of the Lord. Fill your life with the Word of God. This is really important because what we tend to do, and this is really popular right now, especially you get on Instagram and you get on TikTok and you see all these, uh, you know, reels of people that, that, you know, they're deconstructing or something's going on in their life and they've got these ideas about the Scripture. And here's the problem a lot of times with those things and where you got to be careful is that it's easy to make a God out of our own image. And when we don't keep the word central in our lives, we begin to build a God that we're comfortable with. Oh, I'm not comfortable with this passage in scripture, so I'm just going to make God in my own image. Can I tell you, that's dangerous and idolatrous. And, uh, and, the, and the next generation is having a field day because we get on Instagram, somebody says something. And because we're not grounded in the word, we're like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point there. I saw, you know, I won't even get into it. I saw one the other day that was pretty like, wow. And, and we make these assumptions and we, we look at the Bible and we make these assumptions about the Bible because we don't have the depth of understanding of the word of God. We need to be grounded in the word of God so we don't make idols, uh, make idols in our life or make idols of, of, of God. Because God without the Bible is always idolatry because you create a God in your own image. You create a God in your own hand. It's the scripture that keeps me aligned. It's the word of God that keeps my heart soft. It's the word of God that keeps me holy and righteous. It's the scriptures that keep me on the path towards Jesus. It's the scriptures that keep me rooted and grounded when my emotions are, are kind of all over the place and I don't know what to think and I don't know where to go. It's the word of God that keeps me rooted in place. 
And if you don't have a plan to read the Bible, you don't have a plan to be in the word of God, you better start one. Because if you don't, every wind of doctrine, of culture, of your day will pull you. If you're in university, every wind and doctrine and cultural idea will pull you away from the Lord. And you'll start buying into that more than you buy into the word of God. Because, hey, that sounds like a reasonable argument because you don't have a depth in the scripture. You got to be grounded. And when you're grounded, it keeps your heart soft keeps your heart soft to the Lord. It also keeps your heart soft to other people. Keeps your heart soft to other people. And that's really important because that actually takes us to number two. Number two, you got to be in community. You got to be in community. Here's what Hebrews 3.13 said. You You must warn each other every day. Who have you warned today? Who have you talked to today about the Lord? The Bible says you've got to warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. In a continuing effort to simplify some of these uh, abstract and complex concepts, let let me make it really plain to you. To be in community and to be strengthening other people You have to be around people. I know that's really complex and really hard. I know. I know. I'm a simple guy with simple ideas. But you got to be around other people. You got to be in community. You got to be rooted and planted in a church. If you're going to be around people, you're going to warn them. Listen, and it's not just about warning other people. Sometimes you're the crazy one, okay? Let's just be honest. Sometimes I'm the crazy one, and I got leaders around me that look at me sometimes like, you crazy. You are just crazy, and you need to rein this in, Pastor Brian, a little bit. You got some things in your life. You got to be in community because it keeps you from going crazy. Yeah. It keeps you from adopting crazy cultural ideas. It, keep, it keeps you from uh, your life straying off the path that God has for you. You got to be in community. You got to be planted in a local church. If this is not your church, you're welcome here. But if you don't go to church, get to church somewhere. Make this your church. This is a great church, great people, wonderful leaders. And if you don't go to church, you got to be rooted in ground. Why? Because it's part of you entering your purpose. you got to warn people every day. Because sin is a deceiver. Sin is after your heart. Sin is trying to uh, harden your heart. And that's what the scriptures say. You'll be, your heart, uh, you'll be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Sin is always after your heart. That's why you got to keep it soft. That's why you got to be in community. You got to have people around you. You got to be around people you, so you can. I, lo- I love the, the, the small groups, man. I love it. You guys are amazing. That is the that is where the life is, yeah. where you can get. Because I can stand up here and shout and yell and spit. Uh, sorry for anybody in the, in the front. Uh, we'll keep my distance, but. You know, the, the reality is, is where real life happens is when you sit in a room full of people and you look in somebody again in the eye and go. I got to warn you, man, where your life is going right now. It's a problem. I see where you're going. Listen, life is not about desire and determination, no matter what the rock tells you. Okay. It's about, it's about drive. It's about, you know, like it's not that (laughs) don't listen to the rock. It's not about desire and determination. You know what it's about? It's about destination. It's where your life is pointed to. That's what it's about. In every decision you make in your life, if you don't got people around you directing you, it will lead you to a different destination than where God has you to go. If you don't got people in your life saying, whoa, whoa, let's get you back on path right here. 
You're sitting in a small group and someone's like, hey, where were you last night? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's not good. You should not be there. You should not be with those people. You should not, whoa, it's fine. No, it's not fine because look at your history. Look at what you've done. Look at where you've been. Look what God has redeemed you from. Do you really think that's a good idea to do that? Well, maybe not. Yeah, you got some people in your life and look at you and say, you're being crazy. Stop being crazy. You're warning each other while it's today because sin will harden your heart. We'll come after you. You don't think right now there's a concentrated attack on the next generation? Look at what's happening in, in culture right now. And I don't need to go through the stories. You know, there is a concentrated attack on the next generation. There is an attack on our children. There's an attack on families. There's an attack on your generation. Man, we got to link shields and link arms together and say, I'm not letting you go. Go. I'm not. There's a battle. There's a fight. And I'm going to stand with you and pray with you and battle for the purpose of God in your life. So that's number two. You got to be in community. Here's the third one. Oh, actually, let me, I got, I got another thought here. Here, I, I've, I've been a pastor for a long time and the pattern is always the same with people is that the first thing that goes is your devotional life. The first thing you do, you stop reading your Bible. Because nobody, that's easy to get away with. You can show up at church on a Sunday. Nobody knows, man, I haven't been in the word. I haven't been seeking the Lord. That's the first thing. Second thing that goes, stop attending church. Stop showing up. And eventually what happens is, is that you begin to stray from the Lord. And you got to have people involved in your life that can call you back. Because you, you, what happened, this is what will happen. You'll wake up one day and you'll go, how did I get here? How did I get in this place? Why? Decisions, choices, isolating yourself. Man, the, 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 the challenge of the greatest challenge of the last two years is people have been so isolated. We don't know what's going on in their heart. We don't know what's going on in their life. You got to get out of isolation, even if you're an introvert. You know, it's funny that, you know, that, that meme, you know, in COVID when it's like that meme, you know, the guy, the, you know, what it is, it's like a bear or something. And he's got like, he's looking ahead and then he's got the side eye look like, woo, you know, and it's when introverts realize that lockdown is the way they've been living their life. You know, you ever seen that meme? Okay. So, uh, you know, and even if you're an introvert, I don't know why I thought of that or even why I brought it up, but it's funny to me. But even if you're an introvert. You need to get out of isolation because when you're in isolation, that's where the enemy picks you off. That's yep. when he comes after your heart. It's when he comes after your mind. When you're in isolation, so you got to get out of isolation. Number three, here's the last one. You got to connect your confidence to the right source. Here's what it says. If we are faithful to the end, trusting God, just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Jesus. You got to connect your confidence to the right source. My confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in the Lord. And I think what happens is when your world begins to shake and things begin to happen in your life and you got some battles and you got some questions, there's a sinful inclination of our heart to make ourselves the hero of the gospel. Isn't that true? Like I did it on my own. I made it without the Lord. Look at me go. God, I don't need you. I can make this happen on my own. There is a sinful inclination in our heart that, that is in every single one of us. The idea that we love a gospel that relies on us. 
We love a, a story where we are the hero and we love making it about ourselves because it feeds our ego, it feeds our self-esteem, our sense of self-worth. Look what I did. But here's the thing. One day you're going to stand before the Lord and no amount of self-confidence is going to help you in that time. There's, there's going to be no measure of self-confidence that will help you when you stand before the Lord. What will only matter is, God, I was plugged into you. God, I was plugged into you. What only will matter is Hebrews 3.14. If we're faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Jesus. If you're, faith, if you're plugged into the right source, if you're connected to Jesus, if you don't give up and you don't quit on the Lord and you just lean into him in every season, when it's hard, you lean in. When it's tough, when you're going through a battle and it feels like God has left you or it feels like I, I have questions about God. I got habits and things in my life that I, I'm having a hard time dealing with. In every season, you lean into Lord and you remain faithful to the end. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up here tonight. Here's what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. When we connect our confidence to the right source, self gets dethroned and is replaced by Jesus. That's what we're after. We're after dethroning ourselves from the throne of our life and putting Jesus there so that you can walk out and fulfill the purpose of God for your life. You can enter the rest of God as Hebrews 3 talks about. You can walk this thing out with a confidence. You can walk, you know your, your life is pointed to a destination. Your life is pointed in a direction and every decision you make is leading you to that destination. But it requires a decision from you. So just with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're just going to lean in one more time to Jesus tonight. And I'm almost done talking, but I, I, I do want to ask this question. Because I want to pray for you. I mean, we had a, had a moment in worship, but I want to, I just want to pray. If there's anybody, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you know this, this whole night has been pointing right at you, God's been put a finger on your heart, finger on your life, and he's calling you out and into something. Not calling you out to embarrass you, not calling you out to shame you. He's calling you out into something. You were saved, not just saved from something, you were saved for something. You were saved for a purpose. And if this whole night has felt like it's pointed at you, and you know you need to come, not maybe not come back to Jesus, but deal with some stuff in your life so that your wholehearted devotion is to Jesus. If that's you, would you, just, you lift your hand. I want to just pray for you tonight. Anybody in this room, you know that God's calling on your heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just hands everywhere. Come on, just if that's you, God's calling you out. God's calling you out. Just keep your hand lifted for just another minute. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else in this room? God is calling you. He's leading into your heart right now. The Holy Spirit is pulling you out right now. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. 
He's calling you out. He's calling you out. Come on, to be a light to your generation. Come on, I'm calling out young people. I'm calling out young adults. I'm calling you out to be a light. Every hand is lifted. Every hand is not lifted. It's okay. God is calling you out. He's putting his hand on your heart, his hand in your life to say, you're mine. And I'm calling you to a new place, a new place of de- a new place of dedication, a new place of commitment, a new place of hunger, a new place where nothing in the world will satisfy. The only thing that will satisfy is Jesus. The only thing that will matter. Listen, your friends need to know that God loves them. Your friends need to know that there is no other way than Jesus. Your generation needs to know. We don't need any more people that are sitting on a fence going back and forth in church one day in the world the next. Come on, we need a generation that will rise up. That will rise up and say, I got the Lord on my side and I will give my life to fulfilling the purpose of God in my generation. Come on, hands lifted. Let's just stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's just begin to worship. And in this moment of worship, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Phil. In this moment of worship, you would allow the Holy Spirit. To, I, I saw it earlier, actually, you know what? I saw it like a fire. I saw a fire burning off the stuff in your life, the sin, the brokenness, the questions, the concerns. God, how come? Why not? Those things that have, that have been in your heart and mind that God would now, tonight, like a fire, begin to burn through those things and light a flame inside of you, a passion for Jesus tonight. Come on. Let's lift our hands. Let's worship the Lord. Let's lean in tonight and worship. Thank you for listening to the message. We believe that we weren't meant to do life alone. So feel free to reach out by following and DMing us at Viva Young Adults. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone you know.